Dead Teen House Party, a MTV Scream recap podcast several years too late. I am Marn. I use she, her pronouns. Uh, I am one of your four hosts. And also joining me today is Jacqueline. Uh, hi, I'm Jacqueline. She, her. I'm also one of your four hosts. And third out of the four hosts is Nessa. Hi, Nessa. She, her. Fourth out of your four hosts, bringing up the lead, not the lead, bringing up, I don't know what I'm fucking saying, fourth out of the four hosts is Emma. <laughs> Hi, I'm Emma, I use any pronouns, you can find me on Twitter at EmmaSCA, and you may know me through Blazeball as Crab Money. Yeah. Get that crab money, baby. Also, I forgot, I'm Lochnessa, L-O-C-H-N-E-A-S-S-A, basically everywhere. Oh, I also didn't do that. I'm uh, Swampert on Tumblr and Swamp Duchess on Twitter, and I'm on the podcast on Wise Girls. Yeah, you can also find me on Argonauts um, and on Twitter at Corpse Survivors. And we are here to talk about the Scream TV series. Um, the thing about this podcast is that this TV show technically has three seasons, but we're only going to be talking about the first two. Um, because the first, the, the last season was on a completely different network and had completely different characters and like, did, it wasn't like tied into the plot of the original show at all. What? Um, partic- I know, particularly because they were actually allowed to use a bunch of copyrighted stuff from the original movies, which they were not allowed to do. In the in the first two seasons, so we gotta do season three as a Patreon exclusive, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've actually I've never watched season three. I've watched uh, seasons one and two. This is my fourth time watching them. I think that gets to the conceit of this podcast, which is that Marn has seen this po- has seen this show many times over, and I, for one, have seen it. Um, well, now it's one, but before it was zero times. Yep, i would never Jack- seen it, and I'm watching it as we go. So at this point, I have only seen the first two episodes. There we go. Jacqueline, are you yeah. a novice as well? I, I, I would consider myself a novice. Like, I'm a big scream head, but the Scream on TV, I, I, I saw a few episodes a few years ago, but that's it. All right. And <laughs> we have one expert, three novices. Yeah, I watched the show uh, as it aired, actually, and then I rewatched it a couple years later, um, and then I rewatched it kind of by chance because um, my brother-in-law was watching it at the beach, like on on a beach trip one year, and I was like, "Oh, this is a great show. I'll watch it with you." <laughs> and so now I am watching it again. Um. Scream the TV show came out in 2015. I believe the second season. Yeah, the second season came out in 2016. Um, It was not allowed to use any of the characters, the setting, or the iconic ghost face mask. um, I believe because of like copyright problems. This is what I've heard. I, I don't know if this is necessarily true i think that they were told they're not allowed they weren't like allowed to use anything from the original movies though um it was released on the mtv network 
this is also during like the height of Teen Wolf, which also came out on MTV. <laughs> Marn, I was gonna ask this because spoiler alert, this is a good show. Uh, Marn, you should have stalked me to my dorm room and made me watch this show at gunpoint. Um, don't know where you would have gotten a gun, but you should have done it. Um, I was like, as I was watching this, I was like, I was in America. I was in college. I was on Tumblr. Why the hell weren't we talking about this all the time? Because it, it hits all the marks where it should have been. All, was, was Teen Wolf just so horny that it overshadowed Scream? Like, legitimately, I, I think so. Because this was during, like, the height of, like, season five of Teen Wolf. Ugh. Yeah, I don't actually know if season five was good. I just know that, the, like, a lot of people on Tumblr were into Teen Wolf around the time that uh, Scream also came out. <laughs> that would explain it. Because I was like, it's hitting all the marks. We should have been talking about this. Yeah, weirdly, like, not a lot of people know that this show existed. Um, yeah, the first I mean, I'd heard of it was when you asked me to be on this podcast. Also same. I I always get it mixed up in my head with a similar show that came out, like, a year before, maybe the same year even, called Scream Queens. I literally, uh-huh. that's why, when I agreed to this podcast, I thought we were doing Scream Queens. I was like, I, I was like, like, oh, hell yeah. Hold on, did that actually come out the same year? Because I feel like that might have been a little bit what shot their it did <gasps> yeah i feel like maybe that's kind of what shot their marketing in the foot well that's, that's it yeah jane lynch is not in this show <laughs> was jane lynch in scream queens yeah no. ryan murphy what? sent out his hit it was, squad yeah it was still a ryan murphy show there was <laughs> a, there was one blonde woman who i know uh, by jamie name. lynn spears <laughs> jamie lynn spears damn it yeah, you're so Scream Queen. Classic Scream Queen herself. Everyone knows you're only allowed to have one older white woman with a short haircut. Wait, so... no, Jamie Lee Curtis. Oh, yeah. Yes. Jamie Lynn Spears Lee from Curtis. Zoe 101. That is Britney Spears' younger sister. <laughs> I mean, for now. Uh, I f- Until what? Jamie Lee Curtis gets a hold of her. There can only be one Jamie Lee as well. We're all doing oh. great so far. We're doing really good, so this is... We're doing great. (laughs) I feel like... I I, I also feel like this show wasn't super popular because they're... Like, all of the actors are just, like, complete unknowns. Yeah. Yeah. Also, not a lot of gay sexual tension in the homosexual category. True. (laughs) Okay, so... (laughs) Not to dive into that too early into the podcast, but I think it's hilarious that like such a core element of what's setting up here is this, oh, they were two girls making out and the show was filmed before gay marriage was legalized in the US and the pilot episode aired four days after it was. Holy shit. Oh my God. That also probably hurts some stuff a little. Like, probably probably wasn't the whole thing, but just a little bit, right? Yeah. Just a teeny tiny bit. It makes it a little dated very fast. Honestly, I was watching it. I was like, I was like, is 2015 a lot different than I remember? Like, I'm, I, yeah. I'm see, even now, like, you know, I could see it if you were, like, pretending it was somewhere in, like, a smaller town America situation. But I'm just like, I'm like, yeah, two girls made out in a car. 
Has no one died yeah, at the I... lake yet or something? Like <laughs> when they, we'll get into it later. But like when they they mentioned that like gay marriage is illegal, I was like, what state? Like what state is is, is this set in? <laughs> What's happening? It became legal four days before it aired. <laughs> Oh my to god, that's TV, so funny. TV is a harsh beast. Because uh, how long ago did Gilbert Godfrey die? Uh, like a month? Okay, never mind. I thought, for some reason, I thought he died a long time ago. Because I, oh I was watching a show and they were like roasting the hell out of Gilbert Godfrey. And then at the end, they were like, this was recorded before he died. Like, RIP. Oh RIP King. Uh, and I was like, I was like, damn, how long ago was this TV show recorded? But I. For some reason, I thought he died way in the past. It's been a long month. It, yeah. It really has. Yeah. Let, shall, shall we talk about Scream? Let's talk about Let's Scream. Let's talk about Scream. <laughs> so, we watched the first two episodes. Uh, we watched the pilot, uh, which was recorded, I believe, before the rest of the show. Like, fairly significantly before uh and then we watched episode two um we're gonna try and stay on a pace of two episodes per episode uh the first episode starts with uh we meet one of our protagonists audrey uh who is by curious oh by curious yes (laughs) right of course also, TV Butch. Yes. Yes. Um, played by played by Bex Taylor Klaus, uh, who is also the voice of Pidge in in Voltron. Oh, I did not know I, that. I marked out when I saw them because <laughs> I'm a big fan of um, I, I air quotes around big fan. I I watched a lot of Arrow. Um, and they are in Arrow as like basically the same character, but as like a sidekick to a vigilante oh that's so fun i love that i kind of like that a lot i think i maybe found out about this show because i have a friend who had a huge crush on bex taylor class (laughs) um that maybe was how i started watching the show when it was airing um but so audrey uh gets outed and cyberbullied on YouTube uh, because someone um, has taken a video of her kissing her girlfriend. Marn, I think you mean Cliplicious. Yeah, on Cliplicious. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I did I did write down under this bullet point that it's really funny that they name drop Facebook and Instagram later, but they can't do Twitter or YouTube for some reason. Yeah, what was the the fake Twitter name. Chirpster? Uh, it, Chirpster. <laughs> I wonder if that was just like a thing they did for the pilot. Because I think it's in the second episode that they actually name drop like Instagram. I thought yeah. Chirpster was also in the second episode. Oh, good Wild! <laughs> Did someone say Chirpster out loud? Yes. Yes. Yep. <laughs> Okay, I gotta go watch it. I gotta go watch the second episode for a third time because I watched it twice, once for business and once for pleasure for this show. <laughs> I think they say it out loud in the first episode. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, the first episode is a, is a is just called pilot. It lives in its it's 
connected, but it's separate, but it's it's all one thing. <laughs> so so yeah, so so this video is circulating of uh, of Audrey. It is called, by the way, Audrey's Face Suck Extravaganza. <laughs> yep. That is the title of the video. Oh no. Uh and we and we find out that it's been filmed by uh mean girl Nina. Who is played um, by Bella Thorne. Who is indeed played by Bella Thorne. Um in the classic scream stunt casting thing where they have like their most famous actress and then they kill her off the first five minutes, which is very fun. Yeah, I liked that a lot. Same. I liked that a lot of the stuff in this episode, um, we'll talk more about it later, I think, is like they are riffing on the original movie a lot, it feels like. Yeah. They almost like speed run the original movie yeah. without as many of the kills or getting to like the end of the mystery yet. It's it's very fun. And they and they a little bit subvert it too. Um, but they, they play the first scene, like, very straight, where she's, like, in her house, and she's getting, like, creepy texts, and she goes outside, and she finds, and the killer, like, tosses her boyfriend's severed head at her. Okay, with the getting the texts and, like, the videos of herself, it made me think of, did y'all ever see, like, when Snapchat had the little mysteries on the stories page? Yes. And you would, like, click through, and it was someone sending Snapchats to someone, and it was like, figure out who the killer is. That's all I could think of. I have no memory of that, but it sounds cool. Was this, like, a Snapchat arg? What's happening? It's just, like, one of their, like... I don't want to say, like, content farm channels because they don't put out as much content as, like, a, a Blossom or Troom Troom kind of deal, but it was just, like, they just made these for Snapchat, I guess. I, I see. It'd be like that sometimes. Um, <laughs> I did also write Puppy down in my notes because she has a very cute dog. Oh, yeah, and the big the scene of her, like... The puppy's name is Sage, and that's one of my cat's names. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's Cheese Boy's real name. <laughs> Cheese Boy's real name will be Cheese Boy for me always because that's, that's how I was introduced. Fair. That's how it is with cats. They have their um, government name. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so yeah, so she gets these like creepy texts. She goes out to the hot tub. Uh, the killer like chucks her boyfriend's severed head at her like a football. <laughs> To which we later learn that, like, her boyfriend is considered missing by the police. And I was watching this with my wife, who was like, so the killer just, like, threw his head in the hot tub and then went and just scooped up the wet head? Yes. <laughs> what? Apparently. He's got took mac with He or she has machinations. <laughs> Needed someone to talk to, you know? I guess. What did he do with the torso? Like, is that in his... Yeah. I guess the car's missing, so he, you leave the body in the car. But, like, it seemed like a I, lot. I mean, I assume we'll find the torso eventually. And the head. Yeah, probably. Yeah. What if these cops I, suck and his head is just, like, in her bushes? <laughs> <laughs> He's just, like, hanging out. 
I don't. I genuinely do not remember a lot of this show. It's one of those shows where like so much happens in it that I'll like not watch it for a couple years and forget everything. But I I I have the distinct feeling that it may be Chekhov's headless corpse. Like I feel like we are gonna see it later. I'm gonna make this a running joke. We gotta make that into a shirt. <laughs> Chekhov's headless corpse. Chekhov's headless corpse. Um, and then, and then Nina gets stabbed, obviously. Um, and, and we see the, uh, legally distinct ghost face mask for the first time. We should I didn't do. know it was, a, I didn't know it was legally distinct. I thought they were just like, we gotta make it hip. We gotta make it scarier for the kids. <laughs> legally distinct. So the, actually the funniest part about this is that, um, when I put the first episode on, um, Netflix, for whatever reason, started us from the beginning of season three. And, like, literally 90 seconds into it, I was like, oh, this is season three. We have to go back. And Alyssa was like, how did you know that? And I was like, oh, because they showed the real ghost face mask. They never do that in the first two <laughs> seasons. <laughs> well, now, now that explains why my header on Netflix is the real ghost face. Because I was like, after you said that, I was like, well, then why is the header the real ghost face? Yeah. Like, this new mask isn't, like, the worst thing ever. Like, I get it. It's, like, a different interpretation, kind of, of, like, the scream as a mask, as a painting. Mm-hmm. Like, but it, it just doesn't have the right vibes. Yeah, it doesn't have the, like, literally anyone could have this mask anywhere in the world because it's just from the Halloween store kind of vibe. It's, like, very specific to this town in this scenario. It's also very, like, it's scary when you don't see it for a long time, but when they show, like, head-on shots of it that linger, it it becomes a little bit goofy. Yeah. I would say that I am on Marn's side. It does seem like a ghost sex doll a little bit, but also, (laughs) between all of you, I'm the only person who I think doesn't have any Scream the movie experience. Oh, I have none, and I liked the mask. I thought it was fun. It seemed like something, you know, that you would find in a Halloween store because it would be listed under, like, unlicensed phantom head mask. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> that's true. Although the we the origins we like that are implied of it later are wild. Yeah. yeah. It has really specific origins. Yeah. Which, I don't know, maybe there's, like, a store in town. Well, actually, probably not, but still. Um, by the way, <laughs> by the way, do not Google Scream TV show Ghostface or you will immediately get spoiled. <laughs> Just for the record. Good to know. <laughs> I did it because I wanted to look up uh, photos of the mask so I could stare at them while, while we were having this conversation. <laughs> It does look a little like Pog Champy the longer I the longer I stare at it. Salvador Dali's Pog Champ. <laughs> exactly. Oh man. So yeah, so we get we get the first close-up of the mask, uh, and then it cuts immediately to Emma, our protagonist. This is gonna get really Yeah, that's confusing. gonna suck. <laughs> I have I have things let it let out for everyone right now. Audrey, lesbian, parentheses, butch. Nina, Heather Chandler. 
Tyler, bad boy, parentheses, deceased. <laughs> Chekhov's head. Also, yeah, Chekhov's head. Will, who is with Emma in this scene, so we need to know him, all-American boy. Emma, all-American girl. That's all we need to know. Yeah. We don't, we don't even think about Emma, one of the co-hosts now. We only think of Emma on the TV show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I did want to say before we move on from the first scene that I did yes. like the, the very first like attack and stab that we see on screen is a backslash. They slash mm-hmm. Nina's back and that feels very a little on the nose since it focuses so much on like social media as oh true oh. sort of like the focus of our killer. Mm. A metaphorical killer. Yeah, I noticed that the second time around and I was like, ah, yeah, you would do that. <laughs> So so yeah, so we meet we meet Emma, who is having a pre-dawn homework meeting with her boyfriend. <laughs> Which is insane. And her mom also points out like Marn it... Marn, my sister yeah. would do, would do this. Did do this, would do this. But why why is the why? boyfriend there? Yeah, her mom also points. Yeah, her mom also points out. She's like, "Why are you guys up like he at has seven bas- o'clock in the morning?" Because he has basketball practice after school, and then they okay, don't want to go out too late. Because she has to be in bed at seven. Because she has to be up at five. Because she has to see her boyfriend for their morning study sessions. Oh God. <laughs> um, and then and then we get a bunch of like. Emma and her mom backstory kind of like we we find out that like her mom is a coroner which will become important later um and that she is having a thing with the sheriff kind of it's flirty vibes yeah yeah it's flirty vibes something's gonna happen I only refer to Emma's mom as Emma's mom in my notes because I don't know if they ever say her first name in uh no, Man. we only get the first name that isn't her first name. Yeah. Oh, it is Maggie. I just looked it up. Hell yeah. Yeah. Um, and then and then Emma goes to school and we meet her friends who are also Nina's friends, which uh which makes them the the friend group that outed Audrey. So we meet Brooke, Jake, and Riley. Um <laughs> who are not super developed as characters yet. <laughs> Brooke, evil stepsister, parentheses, icon. <laughs> She's not anyone's step- She's an only child, but, like, her actress looks like she would play one of the stepsisters in a Cinderella adaption. That is so true, <laughs> She actually. also looks way older than all of the other teen actors. Yeah. She, like, does. none of them really look like teens. Some of them get close to looking like teens. She's not as bad as one of the extras. There's one of the extras I clocked where I was like, damn, girl, they went hard <laughs> on your foundation. Um, Jake, rather than the all-American boy, uh, Jake is the all-shit boy slash pervert. <laughs> and Riley is lackey, parentheses, interesting, question mark? I like Riley. Yeah, Riley's good. I do, but th- th- that was my, these were all just like initial impressions. Riley t- takes some time to develop. Yeah. 
Um, and and we meet them, and we learn that Emma is mad uh, that they uh, that they outed Audrey, and they took that video and put it on not YouTube. <laughs> Cliplicious. Cliplicious. Is that actually what it is? That is I was actually what it's. I took time I was to like, put it in my notes, Marn. My yep. four pages of notes. It is. I was like squinting at the screen trying to read it, so I'm glad that somebody wrote it down. <laughs> I, I paused and went back, Marn. I was very serious about knowing about Cliplicious, and Chirpster took a minute because I didn't hear them say it in episode two. I had to pause at a really exact moment to get Chirpster. <laughs> Um, and then we meet kind of the rest of the cast gets filled out because they go to class and we meet Kieran, who is the new kid who looks like he's 30 because he has like a full five o'clock shadow. <laughs> Bad boy parentheses alive. <laughs> um, and we meet Audrey's friend Noah, who is the like genre savvy teen who knows about horror films can i describe him as he described himself later on in this episode yes genius iq outcast with serial killer fetish yeah noah is my precious baby boy i love him i also he was the one where i was like why wasn't this on tumblr i'm obsessed with this kid he's my favorite um, and then we also meet their teacher, Mr. Branson, who I repeatedly refer to in my notes as Worse Ezra from Pretty Little Liars. There it is. I, I really hope he dies. Just putting Mar- that out there now. Marn, what did Alyssa say when you were watching? Oh, when we were watching the first... I, I literally wrote it down word for word. Hold on. <laughs> my wife looked at that actor and was like, they could not have cast... An actor who looks more like he has sex with students. <laughs> oh god. Yeah, no, that's that's correct. I wonder if that guy's been in anything else. <laughs> Wait, yeah, hold on. He looks like I, I I think this might be because I've been like watching the Pretty Little Liars like recap videos, but he looks so much like they wanted the actor who plays Ezra in Pretty Little Liars, and they like couldn't get him because he was still on Pretty Little Liars, and so they just like cast a guy who looks vaguely like him. They were like, "You told us you were gonna be done with Pretty Little Liars by the time this project started." <laughs> Oh man, he uh he has been on a lot of single episodes of crime shows, which leads me to believe that he maybe gets cast as criminals a lot. Yeah. And also, we have to. He is the hot teacher who is definitely banging a student. Put yes. that out there. He's not ugly, but he is bad vibes. Yeah, they they establish in this scene, like, Brooke stays after class to talk to him, and they establish that, like, they have, um, like, a, a relationship, kind of, but, like, he's trying to stop having sex with her, and, he, like, he's they're, only trying they're to trying... stop because there's a murder investigation happening. Yeah. <laughs> That's the only exactly, thing. Emma, thank you. 
Yeah, like they're trying to be broken up, but they also can't stop having sex with each other. So much happens in that plotline in these first two episodes, and most of it is just like them standing five feet away from each other being like, but we shouldn't have sex. But what if I really want to? <laughs> um, You're eating that Twizzler argue... so seductively. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then they argue in, in English class about the horror genre. <laughs> they do. Yeah, they do. I... The first of Noah's monologues. Okay, the fact that Noah does a monologue and opens it with, well, you can't do a slasher movie as a TV show and then looks directly <laughs> at the camera for the rest of the monologue and looks dead on at you and it's not subtle at all. It like zooms in on him looking straight at the camera and talking about why you can't do this show. There might be a part of me that the writing, the like my writing heart is stuck in like, 2014 or whatever but i was like i love this shit i love it, it was yeah. so cheesy and ridiculous and i lost my mind both times i watched it yeah they do a really good job of basically telling you right out the gate that the show is gonna be a little bit goofy yep yeah it, sounds, it doesn't take itself too seriously in a way that i think lends itself well to the show actually progressing and coming off as, like, fun and sticking with the genre instead of just, like, bad. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I have, like, one big problem with the speech, though. Uh-huh. <laughs> this, is, this is something I've been noticing more and more nowadays in horror, specifically, like, the sort of, like, meta-horror where they're talking about the genre within the the thing. Uh, the use of the term survivor girl specifically, just like something about it irks me. I don't know. Every single time I hear survivor girl, I just think final girl flows so much better. And I wish you would just say that. Yeah. yeah. Final girl somehow is also copywritten. <laughs> Grady Hendrix. <laughs> Grady Hendrix. No, I'm kidding. It's not, but still. Oh, you know what? When did the final girls come out? Oh. Yeah, that was that was my question. Like, it came out in the, 2015. Like, that's why. That's why they don't say yeah. final girl. It's because the final girls came out that year. Yeah, my my, I literally just googled that because I was like, was this show made before that term got like repopularized? <laughs> yeah, final girls came out in March of 2015. It came out like a. I can't count months. It came out before. It came out before. <laughs> We're learning so much about the context of when this show came out. <laughs> 2015 was a fun year, apparently, for apparently for slasher revival. Um, and then oh, the the other thing I wrote about the scene is that I think it's it's very fun visually that they have uh, Noah basically giving the thesis statement for this TV show over a montage of the uh, of Nina's body being found. Oh yeah. I liked that. It it it, it appealed to me. <laughs> it's a bit Riverdale. It is a little bit Riverdale. <laughs> to be fair, Marn is the friend who tells you about what's going on with Riverdale and you say exactly. Marn true. <laughs> Marn, you're telling a, an overly complicated lie to me, correct? And Marn's like, no. <laughs> That's Riverdale. 
This show, this show does have its moments where it gets a little bit pre-Riverdale, Riverdale. Um, so then the teens go to grief counseling. Well, they, they cancel classes for the rest of the day, and, like, the, the teens are supposed to go to grief counseling, but, like, none of them are into it. They're like, yeah, I don't need this. I want to go home. That's also where we get the moment that, like, Noah is sort of in that friend group questionably. Like, he sits yeah, with he... them all the time, and he hangs out with them, and they only question what, like, later on in the episode, spoilers, why Audrey, they only question why Audrey is invited, but not why Noah was invited. Yeah, it's really it's funny. That's true. I, was, I like... just thought they were, like, tolerating him, but no. He's like their court jester. <laughs> he's just he's just some clown that they hang out with although Jake does really hate him so but also yes and he like I got the sense from like the, the party and stuff later that like he's never actually really had like a personal conversation with a lot of them he's just like a guy who kind of decides to sit where they're sitting yeah, but none of them question when he sits with them. It's a weird dynamic. Yeah. <laughs> it's maybe really it's, weird now that you mention like, it. Maybe it's assigned seating for the grief counselor. Oh, maybe. It's like, um, it makes me think of in The Gay and Wondrous Life of Caleb Gallo, where there's the scene where they're like, the relationship, it's mostly us, but he's in this relationship. <laughs> It is, like, it is weird with that context, because it's just, like, oh, yeah, this, like, weird kid who we don't really talk to just, like, decided to sit with us and start telling us about serial killers suddenly. While he also knows that Emma's dad was the survivor of it. Yeah. We should probably get into that previous yeah. serial killing, actually. <laughs> yeah, he, that's, like... That was his whole thing, is he came up and he was, like, you won't believe. Also, the new guy's here. Yeah. Kieran? So yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Kieran. Kieran is his name. Um, so yeah, Noah comes up and just like decides to sit with them and is like, ooh, maybe this is connected to the Brandon James murders. Um, and Emma hears this and like freaks out and, and runs away. And everyone else is like, what's that? We've never heard of that before, even though we're friends with Emma. Um, <laughs> and we live and, in this town. Yeah, we live in this town. Um, I, I think it's mostly Kieran who's like, I, I've never heard of this because I'm new and like I, I am in this conversation to be a plot device for exposition. <laughs> and so Noah explains to him that um, Brandon James was this, uh, this kid who lived in Lakewood 20 years ago um, who had a like facial deformity that he had surgery for, but it left him with like really like, horrible facial scars. Um, and he was in love with a student who went to uh, Lakewood High School. And he approached her at a dance at the school and was jumped and beaten up by a bunch of jocks. Uh, and then he went on a killing rampage and he murdered a bunch of kids. Um, and Emma's dad was the only survivor of that, uh, of that murder spree. And it, the end, but, it ended up... Oh, no, wait. They, they they do the end later, so we should save that. 
Um, no, no, no. They, they talk about the end because it's in my notes. Uh, he says that uh, the the girl who Brandon James was in love with uh, met him at the lake and she tried to convince him to turn himself in, but then the cop showed up and they shot him. Yeah, and he gives her like this little carving with the name Daisy on it. And we know that the girl yes. is named Daisy and like no one knows that it's Daisy, but we know that nobody knows who Daisy is now. Yeah. Who is they Daisy? She... <laughs> Spoiler alert, it's Emma's mom. <laughs> yeah, we they, they don't, like, hang on to that secret for a really long time. You find out it's, like, literally the next scene, I think. Yeah. If that. <laughs> no, it's yeah. the next scene. They 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 could have so easily. It's interesting. They could have so easily gone for like the uh, we gave him a scary monster voice because he's fucked up, uh, but they just made him sound like a normal kid. Like I something about that surprised me. Just like oh, Brandon James, he's he's just another high schooler, even though he did these terrible things. Uh, and I don't know something. He, he, they didn't make him twisted. I guess they didn't monsterify it, which is interesting. I feel like that stays in line with the original scream being you know literally just some guy yeah yeah um and we and we do find out that the mask that like the current killer is using was the the mask that brandon james like used when he went out of the house to hide his his facial scars now the question is why did he get the mask from the halloween store i <laughs> true yeah. Um, and this, this is also when we find out that Noah is, like, a serial killer fanboy, which is very obviously supposed to make him suspicious, but it's like, no, he's, he's, he can't be a murderer. He's too goofy of, like, a person. He's our Randy stand-in, but he's so much better than Randy was in Scream. They, I love Randy, though. They try really hard to, like, make him suspicious in this episode, and then they immediately stop at episode two. It's really funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, so yeah, so we find out that, uh, like, immediately that Emma's mom has the the daisy carving from Noah's story. They, like, cut to her immediately after the story and, like, show her holding it. Uh, and we also find out that Tyler, the dead boyfriend, is missing... Um, but he is suspected in Nina's murder because his car was parked out front of her house. So they did move the torso. Yeah, yeah. so Damn, his was... his body is just gone. Head and torso. That's and there's two separate pieces. That's a lot. They also mentioned That is a lot. They mentioned that his fingerprints were on a glass inside. But he never came inside in the scene before. Oh, true. So does that mean that our Brandon James copycat took his hand and just went, grab a glass. Tyler could have been there because he and um, Nicole. They were exes, though, at the start of this. She doesn't let him in because they're not together anymore. Yeah, but they were they were hanging out. So maybe she was like, before they left to go traumatize Yeah, I guess someone. it could have been before like they go antagonize Audrey. I I feel like the the obvious way was well, no. I don't know. Yeah, that is a little weird. They the killer like dragged the body out there to put fingerprints on stuff. 
He's like, I've been saving this glass for six months. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, I, I, I feel like they could have, um, like, gotten the fingerprints at a different time and just, like, lifted them. But, I don't know. I mean, my guess is, if I had to theorize as someone who's only seen Scream the movie and has only seen the first two episodes of this show, <laughs> is that... There's gonna be more than one killer. And we know somebody locked the doors from the inside because Nina can't get back in. Mm. So whoever went in to lock the door probably also took the hand. Mm. While the other one was doing the murder. That's my theory. Marn, don't correct me. I want to find out on my I'm, own time. I'm seeing nothing. <laughs> I'm not going to spoil you on anything about this show, especially because I don't remember a lot of it. Perfect. <laughs> I'm laying down now, one killer, and those doors, like, auto-locked or something. I don't have a theory, but my girlfriend who I was watching this with did have a theory, which I wrote down in my notes as the special girlfriend theory of the episode. Um, and oh, good. Uh, it's that there are there are going to be exactly four killers. Uh, Ooh. So, so let's watch out for there being four killers in the future. Okay, I like it. <laughs> I would believe it. Yeah. I I do think it would be funny if they one-upped the original Scream and were like, no, not two killers, four. <laughs> yeah. Double the Scream. Um, my, my wife, while we were watching this episode, really wanted Kieran and Noah to become boyfriends. And that was what most of her theorizing was about. Alyssa, See, I'm I... rooting for Emma and Audrey. Yes! There's so much tension. They don't talk about it like it's a friend breakup. They make it sound like they were girlfriends. They yeah. Do. They really do. Yeah. Um, Emma and Audrey, it, we'll, we'll probably talk about it a little bit more in episode two because that's when a lot of their like conversations happen. But yeah, they have those two actresses have like insane on-screen chemistry. Capital yeah. C. Every time, every time that Audrey insisted, like, oh, no, I'm not, I'm not gay. Um, do you all know the, about the, like, the letter exchange between, like, Tignataro and her wife? Yes. Uh, just, uh, the, this is what I think of every single time. I just, I, it's infest my brain. So every single time Audrey, like, is like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm not gay. This is not, that's not, that's not really the thing that's going on. I'm just like, okay, Dyke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. It's, I, I feel like to the best of my memory, like, they call her vicarious throughout the whole show, but it's, it's weird because, it feels like she was very clearly written to be a lesbian character and then they went back on it a little bit. Like, Glee was over at this point. We already had our, like, bisexual to full lesbian representation. The door- Santana opened the door. You can just walk through. Yeah, it's- I don't know, it's it's kind of weird because, like, you'd think that she would at least get an arc about, like, figuring out her sexuality. But also, I guess- Maybe she doesn't have time for that because this is a show where people are getting murdered every episode. Yeah, that's fair. 
Well, to quote Noah, well, well, those two people had time to bone during the Terminator. We have time to figure out our sexuality during Scream Boy. <laughs> oh, man. So Brooke throws a house party. She, she does call it a, a prayer vigil, but it is a house party. Um... And Emma invites Audrey, but Audrey says that she's grounded, and that's, like, the last that we ever hear of that. Because she does show up to the party. And I was like, why are you grounded? Because people are cyberbullying you? I guess... Let people take a video of you. Is the implication, like, oh, grounded for doing gay things? I think... So, I mean, I think it, it could is... just be grounded for getting caught making out in the parking lot. Okay, that is true. Mm-hmm. No matter who you're making out with. <laughs> Mood. I also am pretty sure that we never meet Audrey's parents in this entire show. Look, we only have room for parents who are going to be, you know, boning the sheriff. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> I was thinking and I was like, I think we... I don't think we meet like a lot like Will's parents or like Jake's parents either, so it, it, it's probably not like super important, but it's a little bit weird because Audrey was like, My parents grounded me. And then like every time we see her in this episode, she's either she comes to the party or she's just like alone at home. It's like, alright. <laughs> um, so yeah, she she does go come to the party despite being grounded. Um we also find out in the in this conversation that they have about the house party that Will lied to Emma about where he where he was um, the night before, which may or may not come into play later. He we know like they from their conversation at the beginning of the episode that he told her that he was like stranded because his car broke down or something, but he was actually with Jake. Just guys what? being dudes. Just guys being dudes. They uh, they also have a, t- a a tense confrontation in the wood shop, to which I wrote, "Do high schools still have wood shop?" Some of them do, yeah. Yeah, my I th- I think it was my middle school too. Yeah, we had a we had a wood shop as well. My my high school had like tech class where we learned to use power tools, but we didn't do like actual woodworking with them for the most part. Marn, you also went to an arts high school and I went to somewhere else high school. So okay, that is standard. that is fair. Um so yeah, so they they have this like tense conversation in the wood shop where uh Will just like comes right up to Jake and is like pissed that like Emma found out that he lied to her, which will become a recurring thing and he also wants to know about, like, some incriminating files that Jake might have on his laptop and, like, if he deleted them or not. Um, which Jake is which so we do find dumb. out a little bit about later. <laughs> I think from the implication, it's very clear it's of him and Nina and Jake, and it's sexy in some way. Well, I think the, yes. the implication kind. is definitely that it's of Nina and I don't know, I can't remember whether it's this episode we find it out or the next one that it's like 
it looks like the footage that Nina got sent on her phone. Yeah, at the end of uh, at the end of this episode, they show like a very brief shot that like J- of Jake like looking at videos of Nina in her house, and we see that he has like a whole Nina folder on his computer. Yeah, and that folder, that's suspicious. And that folder, it's called Nina. <laughs> yep. Very well. Yep. <laughs> so it's subtle. It's just on his desktop. <laughs> yep. It's just a file. It's in the top right corner. <laughs> it's, it is really funny in the context of like throughout the rest of this episode, Will is like, you deleted the files, right? Like no one's going to find out about this. And Jake's like, yeah, man, I got it covered. And they show him and he just has it like right on his desktop. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. These teens are not very good at cybersecurity. No. I mean, they're good enough at, like, they're good enough to put spyware in her computer is what I'm guessing happened, though. True. Yeah, I like that they're setting up, like, so many different characters to have, like, one niche capability that could be how the, how our killer is doing weird shit with people's phones because they have, like, Jake doing this. They set up Noah trying to like trace the video that was posted on Cliplicious. I mean, Tyler also apparently has some tech smarts, so it could be Tyler. I guess <laughs> you could, could say he could be ahead of the game. Oh I'm my sorry. god! I'm, I'm sorry. I'm kicking everyone out of this room. <laughs> Fair. Uh, so, so on Emma's way to the party, she finds a package addressed to Daisy, um, and she gives it to her mom. I don't think she knows at that point that her mom used to go by Daisy. She's just like, oh, look at this weird package that we have that was on our doorstep. <laughs> yeah, she's um, got no... I don't know how no one knows that Emma's mom was Daisy. It's a... seems like a small town... It seems she... there's, like, a lot of the same people. Yeah, it is weird, because she... I mean, she tells the sheriff that the records were sealed because she was a minor. But, like, you would think that also people would just, like, recognize her. Yeah. Especially, well, like, like... Her husband was a survivor, which means he probably yeah. knew her in high school and knew her name was Daisy when she was in high school. Yeah. Yeah, that, that one... Puts it into the implausible category. I suppose they could have moved away together and then moved back. That is true. I don't know. Yeah, you you would think they would just straight up put her into, like, the witness protection program at that point. Yeah, true. Although, although they did, they do think that Brandon James is dead. So maybe not. Also, putting this in here now, Brandon James has, like, a phantom thing going on, not dead, because they shot him and he fell into the lake, and I don't think they they're ever were like, and we got 100% got the body. Wow, I love the plot of I Know What You Did Last Summer. <laughs> Shit. I don't know horror movies. <laughs> it, it really is just the setup for I Know What You Did Last Summer. I don't think yeah. Brandon James is the current killer, though. I want to put that on the table. I just think he's alive. I want it to be like Friday the 13th number one where Brandon James won't be the killer but in Mm -hmm. Scream MTV 2 he will be the killer so like (gasps) 
his mom or something will will be the killer for this one. Mm. Yeah, he's gonna come out of the lake at the end of of the season. Coming out of my lake to shame mankind. <laughs> um, and 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 so the the box that that Emma's mom gets in the mail is a heart in a box. Actual heart, the flesh mom. kind. Yeah. It's it's an actual heart, and it has a note that says, Emma looks just like you at that age, which is very creepy. Yeah. Thank you, Momo. One, one of the things, like, watching this scene, the mom gets the box, sees that it's addressed to Daisy, so clearly something is going on, and someone was murdered earlier that day, and she just lets Emma go, no protest, when she's like, oh, Will's here to pick me up. Also, Emma needs yeah, a better she... costume department. <laughs> I know it's 2015, but still. <laughs> she also opens a box that is dripping blood <laughs> without being like, I'm going to set this aside and leave it for, like, the sheriff. Well, it's not dripping dripping because Emma didn't notice. Yeah. Yeah, they they show like there's like blood leaking out of the corners of it or something, um, and it's like very suspiciously addressed to her and has a very suspicious, like, note. And at no point is she like, "Oh, this is probably from the killer. I'm gonna like set this aside for evidence." She does call the sheriff. She does. She just opens it first and puts her fingerprints all over it. Fair. Emma's mom is the killer. Could, could be so. I'm just going to hmm. say that everyone's the killer, and then when this is over, I'm going to like put this part and then put the end and put it on TikTok and be like, <laughs> I called it. <laughs> Listen to Dead Teen House Party to hear me call it again. <laughs> Um, so then, so then we, we go to the party, uh, everyone is having a bad time at this party. <laughs> Will is, like, being very paranoid, uh, he says that it's because of basketball, but <laughs> it's, like, obvious not. Troy Bolton, baby. Uh, <laughs> kinda, yeah. Evil yeah, Troy Bolton. Yeah, kind of. Evil Troy Bolton. Um, Audrey shows up and everyone is really weird at her because they, Emma didn't tell anybody that she invited Audrey and like all of these people are the people who have been cyberbullying Audrey. So they're all very like weird and homophobic to her. Um, Kieran also is invited because Brooke has a crush on him basically. <laughs> they're like an age appropriate version of our teacher. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's really it. But somehow we, you look older. <laughs> yeah, they do look exactly the same. I was so confused at the beginning of the party. Like, we're like, did they invite the teacher to the party? What's happening? Uh, I yes, thought that my too. Wife I was like, also I was like, thought that. I was like, Brooke, you have your entire dick out about this. You can't be inviting the teacher to the party. Alyssa also thought that. I was like, no, 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 that's a student. And she was like, they need to shave him so that he looks like a teenager. <laughs> Someone just needs to be like right before they hit roll camera. Just like, ch -ch -ch -ch. Yeah. he's good to go. Get him in there. 
He's bleeding a little bit, but get him in there. <laughs> and, like, the only person who really has, like, a an okay time at this party in the beginning is Noah. He's just, like, happy to be there. He's having a blast. People are listening to his he, monologues. Yeah, because he also wasn't invited. Audrey just, like, brought him, and then they immediately split up, even though they came together. So, like, so Audrey, like, storms off because people are being weird, and she has a conversation with Emma where we get a bunch of backstory about how they were friends in middle school um and then emma started hanging out with like the popular girls and they miss each other and it's very sweet um and then noah has a conversation with riley (laughs) the best line in television ever who wants to i was signing who wants to recreate it emma jacqueline recreate it for us right now please (laughs) Okay. That conversation is incredible. <laughs> yeah, my mom put my photo in the newspaper without, you know, my permission. I'm on the short list for this internship with Elon Musk. Oh, I love perfume. <laughs> there it is. That's the line. That's the best line ever. We should so clarify good. that she does then go, I'm just kidding. SpaceX, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which honestly worse. I Riley, I wish you didn't know who he was. I really I have word for word in my notes from my first watch through. Oh no, Elon Musk. God. Yeah. I wrote Noah is on the short list for a SpaceX internship LMAO <laughs> in all caps. It's his one flaw. I look we we all have to have something. He has some Dogecoin stored, I'm sure. He's gonna get oh, canceled God. on Twitter. Hey, hey, it's excuse me, Chirpster. <laughs> he has Bitcoin. I there was there's at least one douche in my Sunday school who had Bitcoin. In 2015. Like, oh yeah, I, remember, I guess in 2015. I remember it being well before 2015, and he was ex- and Gunner was explaining it to me, um, <laughs> and I was like, that sounds like bullshit, Gunner. Oh, man. Um, so, yeah, so they, they talk about SpaceX. They have their, like, fucking conversation about if Elon Musk is going to go to Mars. <laughs> the answer for them is yes. <laughs> yeah. I do, I do like that this is, like, the first little bit, like, glimpse at Riley's character that we get, though. Um, I love Riley. And I like that she, I like that she fakes him out. <laughs> Oh, I forgot in my notes um, when I was laying out everyone's character, I have, um, I wrote in parentheses for Noah, not like other boys. (laughs) (laughs) And that's, that's Riley's character is, you know, she's just, she likes boys who are just a little bit different. He's weird. He's a weirdo. weirdo. (laughs) Have you ever seen it without that stupid cardigan? So far, no. (laughs) He does wear a lot of cardigans. Um. Yeah. Now the the costuming on this show is really something. Yeah. Brooke is always wearing something that would get you kicked out of school. Yeah. It's like they 
They have a hard time dressing these teens like public school teens, I think. They have, like, elements where it's almost right, or there's, like, things that are recognizable from, like, the fashion, but it's just, like, a couple years too late. Like, the high lows and the flowy tank tops, like... That was out by 2015. That was like 2012, 2013. That's the thing is the writing, everything feels very 2012. And that's why I kind of enjoy it now more in 2020. Because I'm just like the nebulous Mm -hmm. mid-20 area. Yeah, it doesn't feel like 2015. It keeps throwing me that it's 2015. Which is why I wasn't expecting Elon Musk. Yeah, I forgot what year this show was made in, and when they said Elon Musk, it was like I had been slapped in the face. (laughs) (laughs) This would have fit so well with the homophobia. would have been perfect for 2012. (laughs) Would have been right on brand. Oh, God. I, I feel like they do start dressing Noah a little better eventually. Like, he stops... Wearing he to be fair, he, he, do- he gets out of the cardigans. Noah is like the one person I would say dresses like a teenager in twenty fifteen. Yeah, he's like the, I, he's I look at his costuming and the cardigans, and I'm like, yeah, that's what my friends dressed like in high school when I was in high school in twenty fifteen. He's like your fanciest sim, <laughs> <laughs> specifically from The Sims three or four, probably four. Yeah. Oh, I feel like that he wears his his fancy little cardigan to the to the house party. Yeah, it's good. He dressed up for this. Um, we get a little like intercut with Emma's mom and the sheriff, who we get to meet for the first time here, I think. Mm-hmm. Um. And she tells him that, like, she was Daisy. She was, like, the girl who Brandon James um, came to, like, the dance and and tried to, like, talk to. Um, and she was the same age then as Emma is now when the murders happened. So it's happening again, question mark. Um, we also find out that uh, she doesn't know where Emma's dad is. Yeah, that's a that's a that's pretty big. Like I don't know. I I feel like you would want to keep track of that. Yeah. Uh the the sheriff is like, I I guess I'll try and track down Emma's dad. Like that feels like a lead that I should pursue. <laughs> um and then we we don't hear anything about the the next episode. So I guess we'll eventually find out how that's going. Fingers crossed. Yeah, fingers crossed. Uh, then we go back to the party and everyone is admitting that they're glad that Nina is dead. <laughs> Which I thought was great. Well, I mean, to be fair, Will's the only one who comes out and says it outright and everyone's pissed at him for it. I thought Brooke no, said it. Everyone just kind of agrees so quickly. Yeah. Emma, But Emma goes all like stern mom, like, guys, can't believe you yeah. didn't say that. After a second... Emma agrees when Audrey says it. Audrey starts it with like the, I can't, well, I'm here for a funeral or for a memorial of someone who made my life miserable, blah, blah, blah. And Emma immediately goes, yeah, Nina could be a bitch. <laughs> yeah, they all kind of unanimously agree that like Nina sucked. But 
she is the line where she's like, yeah, she could be a real bitch, but you know, I'm just, I can't, I keep expecting her to walk in that door. Um, and then, and then Brooke outs Will for cheating on Emma with Nina. And they get into a big fight. This is why Brooke is an icon. Yes, I, I, Brooke is genuinely probably one of my favorite characters in this whole show. She, she has a really good character arc. I love her. Ooh, I hope it involves breaking up with this teacher. Oh. No spoilers, Marn. <laughs> I won't, I won't, I won't say anything. I just like Brooke a lot. Um, yeah, she, she outs Will, um, and then Will and Emma get into a fight, uh, because they were technically, quote unquote, on a break when he cheated on Emma, and I was like, that doesn't mean anything. I'm still very mad at you. <laughs> I don't like Will. No, Will sucks. He's awful. Will sucks, but I like him in an, oh, he's awful. I want to see him struggle kind of way. <laughs> I want to study him like a bug. <laughs> um, and then um, we get kind of a, a cool, like another like subversion of like the scene from the original Scream because we have like Noah doing like the genre savvy horror movie speech about how like people shouldn't go off by themselves and Brooke goes off on her own to check out the garage um, but she doesn't get murdered in the garage. She just gets threatened by Will. Yes. She, she like, sees the lights go on inside and she hears someone inside. Um, but there's nobody there when she goes to check it out. And then Will comes and directly threatens her. I will break you, is what he says specifically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know he's, like, they, they mentioned Tumblr, like, next episode. You know he's on that, like, Tumblr daddy dom shit this is like this is where he's getting that oh no oh my god oh can i can i do my brief favorite moment from this which is when audrey runs off when audrey runs off she grabs an entire bottle of tequila and then later when she has that um conversation with emma that bottle is about half empty uh and audrey (gasps) is not is seemingly sober as a clam not drunk at all um, this is my theory. Sober. Oh, go for it. This is my theory because uh, after the I will, I will break you scene, we cut to Noah, uh, who is fin- wrapping up his monologue, um, and he passes out from presumably the second beer we've seen him drink this entire show. <laughs> so I would like to assume that he was the one who drank that half a bottle of tequila. <laughs> See, I was gonna say, speaking of sober as a clam, he's super articulate and totally fine his entire yeah. don't wander off monologue and then when they cut back to him, he just goes don't wander off and then passes out. That, yeah. that red like, solo cup was filled. Happens so See, fast. He's holding that red solo cup, but what you don't know is the red solo cup is just filled to the brim with tequila. So he does his speech, chugs the cup, passes out. I somehow missed Audrey grabbing a a full bottle of tequila when she ran off. I'm glad that you got that. That's great. (laughs) How could you miss it, Marn? Jake pulls direct attention to it. I was taking notes. I know, it's hard. (laughs) Yeah, Jake says something like, She's got a bottle of tequila and something to prove. I expect girl on girl action by 11. I hate Jake. I hate Jake. (laughs) He sucks. Jake, Jake. I 
I feel like I do kind of feel the same way you feel about Will, because I want Will out of here, but I want to study Jake, but like... <sighs> like a dead put bug? A, put him in a maze <laughs> with a piece of cheese. <laughs> oh, man. Um. So then Emma, who has like stormed off after this confrontation with Will, uh, finds Kieran drinking alone in what I think is a greenhouse yep i was confused by where they're supposed to be i was like brooks family has has a greenhouse at their lake house well they also have a garage with three cars in it that's yeah. true yeah brooks family is is like stupidly rich we we've learned <laughs> just from context clues um and kieran is Drinking beer alone in the greenhouse because he's avoiding Brooke, which is really funny. Social anxiety king. Yeah. Um, and he has, he, he's brought multiple beers out to this greenhouse, so he shares one with Emma. Um, and then he tells her, her uh, his entire sad backstory that his mom and stepdad died six months ago, uh, which is why he moved to Lakewood. To live with his quote unquote real dad. Yes, which... To live with his to live with his real dad. I he's a I hate to just like keep drawing comparisons to other media, but he's very like J D of Heather's core to me. He very yeah. much is, yeah. I would say... I, I have to assume that that was on purpose though. I would assume he's not edgy enough, but he does wear a leather jacket and like doesn't like his dad as he's as he's yeah. later he's like to his own dad he's like i'm not a snitch <laughs> so i liked that i wrote in my notes kieran knows not to talk to cops <laughs> <laughs> even when the cops are dad especially yeah. when the cops are dad <laughs> yeah we find out uh, a couple scenes later that his dad is the sheriff which i forgot um had even having watched the show three times, I forgot that his dad was the sheriff. Um, it does make sense that he's very JD coded because the Heather's musical was off Broadway in 2014. Yeah. Oh, there you go. He also has like the hair. He has the JD hair. Got the little swoopy thing going on. But not the JD five o'clock shadow that JD didn't have. <laughs> Um, and, and he, and he and Emma make out in the greenhouse. Cause Emma is mad at her boyfriend. Yep. Yep. Not JD goes, I could use a friend. And then they make out. Yep. I make out with all my friends. I respect that. Um, and then, and then we find, uh, then we find out that Noah has been transported to a dock at the middle of the lake. Somehow completely dry and all of his clothes are missing. Um, we do find out that this was a hazing prank by Jake and some of the other sports boys, which leads me to a couple of questions. Um, how was he completely dry if they got him across the lake while he was unconscious? How is Jake completely dry <laughs> when we next see him? Why did they take Noah's clothes off? Hazing. Romantic tension. They don't have it, but, you know. 
to try and build it. Mars, like, I have a similar question because he says this is tradition for the first person who passes out at every single party. Either A, no one passes out at their parties, which, if that's true, responsible and a great tradition that we should keep going. But we should let people know ahead of time so that they don't do this. Uh, or B, I'm surprised more kids aren't dead at that lake. Yeah! <laughs> you would think that, huh? Yeah, I'm thinking... This is, this is, this should be murder. Like, this is, you send a child who is full of alcohol onto a lake, like, just floating. There's a 50% chance they're not coming back. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It is, you, you would definitely think there's been more accidents at that lake. We call it Murder Lake. Because of the murders from the 90s, but also a lot of kids die here. <laughs> yeah, also a lot of kids have drowned here. To be fair, can't, it is a can't pretty change big floating platform. True. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I called it a dock, but it really is just like a floating platform kind of in the middle of the lake that is just there. It's sort of a dock. I'm trying to remember like what the actual name for it is, but a lot of lakes have those. Yeah, I... I thought, I was like, yeah, this is probably a thing that there is a specific name for. I just, like, don't know enough nautical terms to know what it is. I think it might just be called a dock. That's what I can think of, of, like, my cousins yeah, and I swimming it, out to it in the lakes before. I'm like, I feel like we just called it a dock. Yeah, it, like, it has, like, a ladder and, and stuff on the side. Um, my, my theory about how they got him out there was that they floated him out there on a raft somehow. <laughs> yeah, maybe they got a boat. Canoe? Yeah. I mean, if they Brooks family has him out three there. cars and a greenhouse, they probably got a boat. That's true. I, w- I would believe that they have a boat somewhere. Hi, sweet cheese. Uh, on, on the lake. Yeah, and Noah decides to swim back to shore, which, like... Yes. Not a great decision. Bless his heart. Well, yeah. Cause I, I, I guess because he, he thinks that he's in the middle of nowhere. Um, and there's, like, nobody around to come rescue him. So he is like, well, I'm drunk. I'm just gonna swim all the way back. And he almost drowns. He does make it almost all the way there. Yeah. Um, and they, they set it up so that it looks like somebody's pulling him under. And he says that he felt someone pull him under, um, but nobody believes him. You're caught on fishing wire, dude. <laughs> yeah. They were like, yeah, you were just, you were just caught in some fishing line. And he's like, no, I felt like a, a human person pulling me under the water. Oh, specifically Kieran's the one who jumps in to save him. Yes, because Kieran and Emma are, like, making out very close by in the greenhouse. Um, and Kieran jumps to the rescue. Not before um, popping that shirt and leather jacket off, though. Yeah! He, he also fully strips down to his underwear <laughs> to get in the lake. <laughs> I, I think he still has his jeans on, maybe. Oh, maybe he does, yeah. I mean, I, I respect that he took the leather jacket off, because that would just weigh him down. Oh, yeah. 
Also yeah. ruined the leather. <laughs> also ruined the leather. Um, and and after that, Audrey and Noah leave because Audrey's like, "Hey, you almost killed my friend." Uh, so they they leave the party. Uh, Emma gets Kieran to drive her home because she no longer is uh, speaking to Will for the moment. Uh, she finds out that Kieran's dad is the sheriff because the sheriff is at her house with her mom. Where's that show? It, now it's it'll, it'll be like fun life with Derek vibes between the two of them from now oh, on. God. Oh God! No. Oh no. Assuming their parents hook up. Oh I think man. that's what they think has happened from the way Emma phrases it of everything just got more awkward. Oh, that's what she meant by that. So I think she thinks her mom and the sheriff are hooking up. This changes my tell her that's... about the blood heart box. That's true. They yeah, they don't. And she knows like that her mom has a crush on the sheriff because they talk about it earlier in the episode. Interesting. I just assumed that she thought it was awkward because Kieran's dad is a cop <laughs> <laughs> and her mom's coworker. <laughs> but no, that that makes a lot more sense. Um, and then we get kind of like the wrap up y stuff of the episode. Uh, Audrey talks to her girlfriend Rachel, who we meet for the first time. Uh, who is like, wow, you're really brave for going to that party where everyone was cyberbullying you. Um, and Audrey says, I don't care. I don't regret kissing you. I don't regret anything. I don't care that we got caught on camera. Uh, her girlfriend does not feel this way. Yeah, Rachel has some reservations. Yes. Uh, we find out that Noah is being brought in for questioning by the cops uh, because he is a serial killer fan. <laughs> Yeah, they would do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I have written here, Noah's getting brought in for the cops, but not before he gives Riley another genre speech about forgetting that they're in a horror story because then it hurts more when people are murdered. You're not making a great case for yourself, Noah. <laughs> I love Noah's weird little monologues. Yeah, he does three of them in this episode. He does three of Because he does... Another one later, still talking to Riley, but not in person anymore, right? Yeah, on the phone. I was about to be like, three? I thought yeah. it was four. He does so this, many. This is a great pilot, though, by the way. They they cram so much in here. They yeah. Really do. There's, Everything there's... happens so much in this episode. Everything happens so much in this show. Okay, Except great. for in episode two, where nothing happens. This yeah, exactly. <laughs> They were really like, we gotta stretch this out. We need six seasons in a movie. We can't be blowing all our loads immediately. <laughs> yeah. Um, Emma goes to Audrey's house uh, to try and kind of make amends with her. Uh, also because Emma can't sleep. I think that's the one. This is the one where she can't sleep and she comes over to Audrey's house. Um, Audrey is not having it. She's like, I'm still mad at you. Go away. Like, you can't just very easily make it up to me. Um... And Emma dejectedly walks home because they live basically on the same street, pretty much. Uh, and she gets a call from the killer. What? And uh, and the killer says that he's the guy who's gonna lift the mask off this town. 
I specifically wrote the guy who's gonna lift the mask off these damn teens on social media. (laughs) You pretend to have these these true perfect lives on social media. Yeah, because this is what he does his little speech about like your friends. They present their lives on Facebook and Instagram, and they're all fake. And I'm the one who's gonna expose them. On the on the first watch, the killer's phone calls felt really like cheesy. But when I watched again and like listened to him, I realized that it's just like the writing for the phone calls is so true to form on the original scream. Like it feels like uh-huh. it was written by the same person. Like that is the one thing that is like so directly in line with the original writing. That I'm like, yeah, this tracks. <laughs> this is the phone calls yeah. are like paced the exact same way with the same kind of phrasing, and like even presented with the same cadence. <laughs> I, yeah, I feel like it just feels a little bit goofier to me because he like specifically is like name dropping like Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the one that really ended up working for me was at the end of episode two. That was like it kind of yes. fucked me. I like yeah, that, that one. was really yeah. Good. Um, and the killer's like, everybody has secrets, and we see a bunch of the teens doing suspicious stuff. Um, we see that Audrey has a picture of Brandon James in her room, Jake has his, like, Nina folder with his creep shots of Nina, and Noah has some blood on him, I guess? Marn, that was, the everybody has secrets is from Noah's monologue at the end. Oh, okay, you're right. Everyone has secrets, everyone lies, and everyone is fair game until there's nothing left. Yes, that is the fourth Noah monologue, you're right. My other wildcard theory is that Noah and Riley are the two killers. Interesting. Just because Ah. that conversation is so spaced out and feels so much like a setup of, well, this is the story you and I are telling now, isn't it? This is how it's going to end. I don't actually think that they are, but I think it is something that the writers could imply as, like, a red herring through the way they phrase Noah and Riley. That could be fun. I like that. I I, I want Noah to be the killer so very badly. Yeah. I love my precious baby boy. I will say, I think they do a really good job in the show of not, like tipping their hand too early on like oh the killer has to be like one of these like two specific people like I I feel like for a significant amount of at least this season they really have it set up that it could be pretty much anybody that's true Um, it's like they've tipped their hand on everybody so they haven't tipped their hand on anybody (laughs) Like, they make everyone a little bit believably suspicious, except for maybe Emma, because she's the protagonist. I really was going to earlier be like, what if Emma did it? And then I was like, no, that'd be real dumb. Be funny. Another another interesting thing about how this show is received is that people really didn't like Emma. Aww. Yeah. Emma's fun, but it really is just her chemistry with Audrey that's, like, making this for me. Yeah. No, I, I agree. She is, I she's think a that, little, like, like, 
She's like, I thought everyone was good inside. And you're yeah. like, you're, you're a senior, right? <laughs> I, I feel like there are times later when the writers kind of like run out of things for like interesting things for her to do. Um, but I, so far in this rewatch, I, I, I like her. I think that she's fine. <laughs> I don't have any qualms with Emma. Yeah. My qualm is she needs a different name. Yeah. yeah. There can only be one Emma. <laughs> there can only so. be no one. No doubles. Kill your double. I'm the killer now. Oh my god. So episode two. <laughs> we get our, li- our little cold open with, uh, with Rachel, Audrey's girlfriend. Yeah. Who is not on this show for very long. On the bright side, we don't bury our gaze within the pilot. True. It's so sad that this happens, especially because it's four days before gay marriage is legalized, apparently. (laughs) Four days after. (laughs) Four days after. This is a hate crime. Oh man, yeah. So, so we find out that uh, that Rachel is like taking the the cyberbullying a lot worse than Audrey is, um, and she gets a call from Audrey, uh, who is very obviously the killer, uh, because like the the audio is very glitchy, and uh, Audrey quote unquote is like, yeah, I just like have a bad connection. I'm going through a tunnel, whatever. <laughs> um. And is like, hey, come outside. Um, and and Rachel sees nothing wrong with this and comes outside and she finds a noose hung over the edge of the balcony. Um, and the killer comes up behind her and, and puts the noose around her neck and uh, and pushes her off the balcony. This killer is like a Navy SEAL. Yeah, I thought it was interesting that they deviated from the standard slashing of a slasher storyline so quickly. It does kind of, like, especially, because Noah is right in the first season, like, how the hell do you do a slasher TV Mm -hmm. series? How do you stretch it out? And the fact that the second one is a hanging in a a town where, spoiler alert, the mayor is not that jazzed to be like, there's a killer on the loose, much like Jaws. Um... But a lot more, a lot more irresponsible. Uh, and that that's something that, like, could be, you know, interpreted as something you did to yourself can kind of help stretch out the slasher killer situation. Whereas any other would be like, yeah, she was so depressed she clawed herself in the back to death. <laughs> yeah, because we, we find out uh, a little bit into this episode that this is another case where the, the killer actually moved the body. Uh, from, like, where it was, because we find out that Rachel was found hanging from the ceiling fan in her room and not the balcony. Which, like, I mean, makes sense, but also why? Because she could have presumed... That's, like, the thing that gets... starts the questions moving forward with the Yeah. She could have presumably jumped off the balcony. Yeah, that is a little bit... Sloppy, I think, of the killer. 
Um, and then we also meet Piper, who is a, a podcast host. And she is here to record her true crime podcast on Nina's murder. Yeah, Autopsy of a Crime is the is the name of her podcast. Um, and she is, like, incredibly obviously a riff on, a, on Sarah Koenig from Serial. So clearly. Yeah, <laughs> like, identical. She's she's also the same character that uh, that Tina Fey is now playing in Only Murders of the Building. Yeah, exactly. It is ex- it's extremely funny to me that like Sarah Koenig specifically has become like a true crime podcaster archetype. So so yeah, so we meet we meet Piper. We hear a little bit of her podcast, uh, and then we catch up with Emma, who is talking to Brooke and Riley on their way into school. Uh, Brooke apologizes to Emma for for like causing drama between her and, and Will, but is also like, I don't think that you should let him off the hook though. Like he did cheat on you. Yeah, I do like that the show doesn't go the route of like like they blame Will. Like Will is the problem yeah. here. It never beats around the bush with that. There's never a moment where Emma is mad at Nina, whether she's deceased or not for it, it is like very much targeted at will. And you know that that is the issue. Yeah. Um, they, they talk about that in this episode even, and she, she doesn't blame Brooke either, which I like, they make up like immediately. Um, and she also tells Brooke and Riley about like the weird phone call that she got from the killer. Um, and it's like, have you guys gotten any weird phone calls? And they're like, no, Good luck with that, though. <laughs> yeah. I do think maybe it's Jake, but also, why are you? Why are all of you friends with this freaking psychopath? Happens. Yeah, Brooke also. Brooke also says that she she thinks it's someone older because he thinks that they're still all on Facebook. <laughs> Despite the fact that they referenced Facebook a couple of times in the pilot. <laughs> Uh, we get to find out how Noah's little interview with the sheriff goes, um, which basically he's like, "Yeah, I've done like I've done research into branded names, but I'm not. I haven't murdered anyone. That that would be weird. Um, I also don't stalk survivors because that sucks. Important and topical. Yeah. Hello, Momo. <laughs> the world's tiniest, saddest meow." <laughs> Momo intermission. Momo's so sad. We all have to give Momo this time. She just sounds like. No, she's sad and she needs your pets, Marn. (laughs) Meanwhile, I'm just watching Smudge and Cheese Boy beat each other up in the distance. Oh no. That's what happens when you have brothers. Exactly. They are twins, they're from the same litter. That happens when we have twin brothers. Mm hmm. Momo. She's actually sad because Kate and Blake were babysitting her last week. They were, they spoiled her. Now, now her moms are back and we don't spoil her. <laughs> Shout out Kate and Blake. Thank you for spoiling Momo. <laughs> um, so Noah also says that he, he's uh, been emailing Brandon James's brother, though. 
who we find out is still like alive and around um, and that he's done some personal research into the murders. And then, and then the sheriff just lets him go. He's like, yeah, I have no evidence. Like, you can leave. Okay, to be fair, he does specifically say that he emailed the brother when he was in, like, seventh grade. Which isn't that yeah. long ago. But also, in the grand scheme of school, it's forever ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and as Noah is leaving, uh, Kieran is, is entering... Um, and Noah's like, hey, thanks for saving my life the other night. And then leaves, and the sheriff's like, what's that? Like, what was that about? And Kieran's like, I'm not a stitch. <laughs> yeah. Some jocks fucked him up. I helped out. I won't tell you who the jocks are. <laughs> I love that Kieran's like, you're my dad, but you're also the sheriff. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm not gonna... I'm not gonna snitch on people to you. I love the fa- he uses the exact phrasing of "I'm not your 21 Jump Street snitch." <laughs> yeah, so topical. <laughs> he and Noah should touch mouths. <laughs> oh. I think that I feel like the 21 Jump Street thing is extra topical because he looks like he's 30. Yeah. This is Noah Kieran Riley Polycule. Oh I actually, yeah, I like that. Oh, oh and remember when I said I clocked that really old extra? I think they might have put her next to Kieran to make him seem younger. Because <laughs> it was in it was in his intro scene. There's just they're panning in on him, and I like for some reason I like missed something. Oh, it's because I thought he was the teacher. So I watched this once for business, and then again for pleasure. Uh, and when I was doing my pleasure watch, I was like. I was like, wait a minute, there's a there's another guy who's not the teacher. I, we gotta, what's his intro? And then the whole time I was just looking at that lady because I was like, you are 35. What are you doing in here? You don't, you're on a drug bust? Like, I, th- I really do think that half of it is just the facial hair. It's true, yes. Like, if he didn't have a full, like, mustache and goatee, he would look so much more believably... Like a teenager, or at least as believable as the rest of them. Yeah. Because they are all, like, 20-year-old actors playing teenagers. Yeah. To be fair, teens are expensive. Yeah, they are. And annoying. (laughs) It is expensive to put teens on your show. I do not know if you've ever been around. When I was an extra, every child actor, I was like, God, I hate all of you so much. It is unethical. You should be in school being bullied right now. I was in school with a lot of child actors. Can confer. Oh yeah, didn't you go to a school where they like filmed a bunch of stuff? Yeah. Yeah, my high school was the set for like a bunch of different things, including uh, the scene in Buffy the Vampire Slayer where they blow up the high school. They actually demolished one of our buildings for that. Oh my god. They gave us money to rebuild it. Damn. That's wild. The only thing that was ever filmed in my high school was that movie where Mel uh, Gibson has a beaver puppet. Um. Where are we? Oh, uh, oh, uh, they're they're at school. Um, they are at school. Hold on, I scrolled all the way down on my outline. Um, Noah gets a, Noah gets interrogated by the sheriff. 
Will and Jake talk about how Will is going to apologize to Emma, and they land on that he is going to blame Nina. This doesn't go well for him. He tries to convince Emma that Nina manipulated him into sex, and Emma is not having it. Um, she's still very angry at him, and it, it just generally doesn't work, and it's kind of a it, and it is, like, an enormous dick move on Will's part. Yeah, he's the biggest jerk on the planet. Jake also says, says in his conversation with Will that Nina was a sexual sniper, <laughs> which I wrote down because I just thought it was a buck-wild turn of phrase for teenagers to use. <laughs> so, so Will and Jake split up after that conversation, and Jake finds that someone has painted the word douche on his pickup truck, but it is misspelled. It's spelled D-O-O-S-H. <laughs> uh, and he comes and threatens Noah, uh, who he sees coming back from, uh, from the police station, because he's sure that Noah has done it. Um, Audrey and Piper both catch this on tape uh, on their phones. They, they take video of the whole thing. Um, and... Jake kind of realizes that he's drawing a crowd um, and he leaves after like picking Noah up by the collar and doing like the very classic like bully threatening move. Um, and then after he leaves, Noah's like, yeah, I did it. I painted his truck. <laughs> <laughs> um, Piper also tries to interview them about, uh, about Nina and Noah is like, oh, I love your show, but we probably shouldn't talk to you. And then Audrey's like, Nina was a bitch and she deserved to be murdered. Which we should hear more of. I'm tired of hearing, like, they were so beautiful, so perfect. They lit up every room. You know, someone who darkened a room has to be murdered at some point. Yeah. I do I, I do think there's kind of a fun twist that, like, the, the first victim of this ever was, like, yeah, she sucked, actually. <laughs> like, we're, we're better people now that she's gone. That is kind of the Pretty Little Liars thing, too, though. And Pretty Little Liars, they're like, yeah, it's a good thing that Allison's dead. Also Heathers. Also Heathers, yeah. Um, Audrey and Emma have another uh, have another confrontation in, in the school this time, in public. Because Emma goes up and tries to talk to her, and again is like, hey, like, how can we move on from this? Like, I'm really sorry that my friends hurt you. Um, and Audrey is still really pissed off. Um, but they don't get to finish their conversation because they get a, a fun little gif of the killer texted to everyone's phone. Um, and it is like a, a selfie gif of the killer uh, that they took with Nina's body. Uh, it has the caption, Payback's a bitch. Fun font. Fun font. It's very, like, classic early aughts meme layout. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it has the top and bottom text in, like, impact font. <laughs> Which, again, I think lends credence to Brooke's theory that the killer is older. <laughs> <laughs> the killer is making outdated memes and using Facebook. Yeah, if they wanted it to make it clear that the killer is the same age, it would have said, Payback's a bitch, bottom text. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
And then they cut to maybe my favorite scene in this episode, which is between the sheriff, the mayor, and Emma's mom in the sheriff's office. And I wrote down a lot of the dialogue from this scene because it, it's just so funny. <laughs> I especially liked the mayor saying, Have you seen the gif, Maggie? <laughs> We have a bike path for crying out loud. I wrote that one down too. That's a good line. The mayor's real upset um, about the them moving backwards and being reminded of the whole murder situation. Yeah, the town is supposed to be moving forward. Um, he he is very much like a Jaws mayor archetype. He even looks a little bit like the Jaws mayor. <laughs> um. And the sheriff is like, yeah, like, I, I got it covered. Like, I'm looking into, like, Brandon James copycat, so, like, possible suspects. But then he gets a call that there's another dead body. Uh, Noah, and then we go back to school. Noah and Riley have a little moment where they're talking about, like, their school projects. And Noah's gonna help Riley with her homework. Uh, and she asks him on a date. Basically by telling him that he needs to go outside and touch grass. <laughs> and his response to it is so funny. Because he says that, oh, you mean you and me. But in a way that usually implies like, oh, I'm not interested. But he's like, oh, you mean you and me. You mean you and me. Yeah. And he never says yes. <laughs> he just waits for yeah. Riley to walk away and then goes... I don't have any game. Yeah. <laughs> the opposite of game. Swagless human. <laughs> Absolutely swagless. It's the card. Um, and then uh, they, they go to class. Uh, Noah gets to give another uh horror monologue because like their their teacher is like, alright, well if you're so smart. Uh, you explain what the murderer's M.O. is, because they're talking about how, like, oh, like, our town is is trending on social media, and, like, we have all these trending hashtags, um, and, and Noah talks about, like, the, the murderer's M.O., uh, and I wrote here in my notes, thank God the show was made before TikTok existed. Oh, yep, thank God for that. No. Uh, oh, also, more I like with the, to prompt them to say that, they say, okay, Will Graham. <laughs> This this shocked me. I forgot how early Hannibal came out. I also forgot that Hannibal was was pre-2015. Or maybe started coming out in 2015. Oh, yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, this would have been, like, a, a current reference, like, a very current reference at the time. And, and uh, in like, in the middle of, of Noah's horror monologue, uh, Riley gets a text that a student at St. Mary's, the Catholic school, uh, has been found dead. And Audrey is, like, the only one who understands what this actually means, because she says to Emma earlier that, like, Rachel is very upset, like, Rachel hasn't been returning her text, so Audrey rushes out of class, Emma rushes out after her, um, and finds her crying in the hallway... Uh, because Audrey has gotten a text saying that Rachel was found hanging in her bedroom. Um, and then we cut to a really weird scene of Noah comforting Audrey. And, like, she makes a gay rights joke about her girlfriend being dead? 
Alyssa and I just like screamed at it because we were like, in what world? Like, <laughs> you, in you four know, days earlier. In this yeah. <laughs> you know, if you. If your relationship's not legal, then did you really even lose a loved one? Yeah. He's like, Noah's like comforting Audrey and she's like, well, it's okay. Like, we couldn't even, like, we're not even legal in the eyes of the state anyway. But, um, and then, yeah, and then they both like laugh about it, and that's the end of the scene. It's the fact that Noah directly says, huh, gay rights joke. <laughs> yeah! He looks directly, he basically does, again, does the thing where he looks directly into the camera and is like, you see what we did there, viewer? Noah is on a different show entirely. (laughs) And he says out loud with his human mouth, gay rights joke. This could be Noah's homosexual murder flea bag, but it's not. Oh god, it really could be. Um, and then Emma goes to her after-school job at what I'm convinced is the same set as the, like, Pretty Little Liars Cafe, uh, that recurs of that show. Um, and she runs into Piper, who knows her not only from doing research into Nina's murder, but because her dad is the sur- is the only survivor of the Brandon James murders. Um, and Emma's like, this is very weird and I don't want to talk to you. <laughs> Fair. Like, here's your coffee. Goodbye. <laughs> and then she takes the trash out after work and she sees a suspicious man in the alleyway in, in like, a hood. Um, and she gets, like, locked out of, uh, of the cafe and he starts pursuing her in the alleyway and she grabs, like, a whole two-by-four that is just, like, there in the alley. <laughs> runs with it and then she almost knocks out Will who is like coming the other way on the sidewalk he like comes around a corner and swings at him um and uh and then they have a little scene inside the cafe where they're they're kind of debriefing and Emma's like yeah like there was this creepy guy chasing me and Will's like well I got a text from you telling me to be here um and we learned that Emma never sent that text and Emma tells him that she kissed Kieran at the party and then he's like I don't care come to my basketball game because I'm under a lot of sports pressure to be good at basketball it's not even that he's like I don't care he's like alright that was fair that was on me you you get one (laughs) yeah he's like that makes sense let's just never talk about it again (laughs) I get one you get one it it shouldn't even be I get one you get one because it's it's established that he was like a hundred percent cheating with Nina. Yeah, she just like she kissed Kieran once. Yeah, equal. No, equal in the eyes of Will. Um, and then we get a little scene where I I've written uh, Emma comes to bring her mom coffee in the morgue where Rachel's body is. Is this allowed? She. She, like, fully barges into, like, the actual morgue room of the morgue, where there is, like, a dead body on the, like, on the thing. Like, mid-autopsy. Yeah! And her, and even her mom is like, you probably shouldn't be here. 
But her mom's like, you probably shouldn't be here. This one's rough to look at, which implies that Emma has been in there during autopsies before. Yeah, I I feel like she should be allowed to be back there. She knows her way, so clearly she's been there a few times. I guess. Um, and she and she comes clean to her mom about like feeling really guilty about um Audrey and Rachel because she was there when Nina filmed uh the video and so she feels responsible for it. Um and Emma's mom says uh, this is after emma leaves right like the, the sheriff she calls the sheriff or the sheriff shows up or something um and she's like yeah i don't think that rachel's wounds like this this isn't consistent with a suicide i think that this was a murder the sheriff's like oh shit yeah the sheriff's like oh shit another murder uh and then and then the basketball game is basically the rest of this episode um <laughs> <laughs> Alyssa described this as <laughs> it's like if Twin Peaks just skipped the first episode where everyone was sad. <laughs> it's yeah. Even even uh, Audrey is there. Audrey and Noah are there, and Noah's like, "Are you sure you want to be doing this?" Presumably, like one and a half days after your girlfriend died, and Audrey's like, "Yeah, they." Yeah, they weirdly, they skip from, like, one night, and then they skip, like, a whole day of school, and it's suddenly the next night, and they're all at the basketball game. Uh, And Audrey, so it's only been, yeah, it's only been, like, a day. Um, And Audrey is there because she is, like, the the school videographer or something, and so she has to, like, film the game. Um, And Noah comes with her and then immediately ditches her. Uh... Because he gets a text from Riley that's like, hey, come out to the football field. So he leaves. Uh, Emma and Brooke also come together. And then Brooke also immediately ditches as uh, Emma. Because she sees um, the teacher, who I continue to refer to as worse Ezra. Because <laughs> um, she sees their English teacher and she's like, I gotta go. Bye. <laughs> I like that even Emma in that moment is like, wait, what? Yeah, I was like, "Are you are you serious?" <laughs> the concession go stand at um, this school is so bougie too. They have Zaps potato chips. Yeah, Brooke lies and says that she's gonna go like get licorice whips for the concession stand, and then she actually does go and get licorice whips. <laughs> Brooke, <laughs> like, like she absolutely goes to flirt with the English teacher, but she also gets her licorice. Oh yeah, Brooke knows how to cover her tracks. Also, I want to make it very clear that everyone in this school knows about this. When Noah does his big monologue about everybody, he's like, you know, the English teacher that's a little bit too much into his students. So if no one knows, I feel like everyone is like aware of this situation, give or take. Oh, for sure. I mean... Yeah, I mean, I they're not really trying to hide it. Like they they're being just like wildly horny <laughs> at each other, like within two feet of the concession stand at their school basketball game. The teacher's in line. There's other people yeah. there. They don't even like walk away into like a private room. They're just like having this conversation in front of everybody. Just like loudly whispering, "I miss you." Yeah. Um, and, and so Noah goes to the football field and it's kind of set up like, oh, he's gonna get murdered. 
Um, but it's Riley is actually there. They have their cute little date. They have a little picnic in the football field, and they they stargaze. Um, and Noah info dumps about Terminator at her. The first and second episodes, like exactly at the ten minutes to the end of the episode mark, set up Noah to be murdered. <laughs> yeah. And I wonder if this is going to be a consistent thing that they keep doing until I'm just like, all right, we know my boy's not I... going to get hurt. And then he does like his first monologue says. <laughs> I feel like they do it a lot. Yeah. Um, like specifically Noah. Yeah. I... I liked that scene though. I like Noah and Riley. They're cute. Mm. Agree. Yeah. <laughs> I like that he literally just like lies there and talks to her about the plot of Terminator. He has no <laughs> idea what's happening. And Riley is like, yeah, I could I'm I'm cool with this. Also the fact she made a basil cucumber martini. Girl, you're 17. Yeah, I I did write that down. I said she brought basil cucumber martini in a thermos, queen. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Marn, you know me. Granted, I did not make my own cosmos in high school, but I did bring cosmos to many yeah. an event. Um, and then and then they make out, and it's it's just nice. They have a good time. I would like my one thing, which is the opening line for their kissing is um. Riley is like. So are you a virgin, Noah? And Noah's just like, um, no, um, no, I'm a real man slut. <laughs> yeah. And then she just kisses him. Yeah. It's like the, the morosexual Tumblr post. <laughs> the, God, you're so stupid. Um, while Emma is being ditched by Brooke at the basketball game, Kieran joins her. Uh, she tells him about, like, her weird experience. Like, she almost hit Will with a two-by-four, and she was, like, being stalked in an alley. And Kieran's like, I'm pretty sure he set that up to, like, try and get you back. Like, that's very suspicious. <laughs> um, And then Will, after the game, comes over and, like, sees Kieran lurking and gets really pissy about it. And then kisses Emma to, like, establish dominance over Kieran. And then Emma gets mad and she leaves. I like that this show doesn't forget that, like, she's mad at Will. Like, they're still in a fight. Yeah. I do. I like that, too. Too many shows forget that. Yeah. Like, it it, it feels like kind of maybe, like, a, a lesser drama would have had them make up by the end of this episode, but I, I like the consistency that she is mad at her boyfriend. <laughs> and it feels like a believable level of, like, how you would interact with your boyfriend when you're mad at them in high school. Yeah, I agree. Um, Emma, so after she storms out, she has another confrontation with Audrey, um, and she kind of, like, comes clean, and she's like, yeah, you have every reason to hate me. Um, I shouldn't have helped Nina. Like, I, I should have stopped her um, from taking the video of you and from posting it. Like, that's on me. Um, and, and then she, like, leaves. She's just like, yeah, you're right. Like, I was in the wrong, and I'm sorry. I did I did write here again that these two actually have really good on-screen chemistry. They do. I liked that scene a lot. 
Um, and then and, and then it cuts to later in the night uh, where Emma's like house alarm wakes her up and she gets a call from the security company uh, and they're like, hey, like your alarm went off. Like we just want to make sure that like nobody's broken into your house. Ha ha. Um, and you slowly figure out over the course of this phone call that it is obviously the murderer. And <laughs> Emma at first is like, should I wait outside? <laughs> like, for the police to show up? <laughs> Which I was like, I mean, maybe that is a good instinct, considering you saw someone sneaking into your house. <laughs> um, But mostly she, like, she grabs a baseball bat and she, like, walks around while she's on the phone uh, with, with the killer. And it's, like, kind of set up that she's going to be attacked. Um, and it's very tense, and then she never actually gets attacked. Uh, the killer is just like, everyone's lying to you, even your mom. Goodbye. <laughs> yeah, this is the best part of the episode to me. This is just, this is, I, I've, I've really enjoyed this entire, like, exchange. Yeah, this, this show has a lot of good, really tense scenes that are just, like, people walking around a house in the dark. That is something that this show does very well, I think. Yeah, the phone call is just the pacing of it. And I mean, it's what we were talking about earlier with sort of like emulating the original phone calls from the Scream movie. The pacing is just so well done and how it kind of devolves and the tension builds and just the like little slip ups that are like purposeful slip ups to make Emma start worrying it's really good. <laughs> it's very good. I also like that uh, the, the killer's, like, phone voice changer is, like, off. It, it's the same as the mask where it's, like, very similar to, like, the the ghost face voice, but it's, like, just a little bit off-brand. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, like, oh, yeah, they use, like... A phone app for this instead of like a physical voice changer. I do also like that in the credits, the like first thing you see is that they give you the actor who is playing the voice, so that you start don't yeah. start trying to figure out who's doing the voice and use that as a clue. <laughs> They're like, no, we've got a different guy doing this part. Yeah, that's that's really good. I like that. Um, and they and they established in the second episode that the killer could fake other people's voices too. Yeah. Like yeah. He, they fake Audrey's voice. Um, so yeah, so so once again, uh, our, our episode ends with Emma getting a phone call uh, from, from the mysterious slasher killer uh, telling her that everyone is lying to her. And that's episode two. Yeah. It ends with her just standing in the house with a baseball bat, right? Yeah. That's gonna be fun I really, I really like that, that shot and that whole scene. Yeah, it makes me excited to see where how episode three is going to pick up. This episode, um, I was like, oh yeah, I do like Emma, because I like that her, her response twice to being threatened with, like, there's a person stalking me is to, like, grab the nearest melee weapon. Yeah. <laughs> Emma is ready. And she's got, she's got a good swing. That two by four like she does. smacked into the wall. That would have knocked Will unconscious, at least. She and Audrey were actually in softball together. That's how they met. Exactly. Of course. Oh, they were. there you go. 
That's meant for a joke. But uh, could be. I mean, why else does she have the baseball bat? Hmm. True. Hmm? Oh, the, uh, the other thing that I put in my notes that I forgot to mention is that the mayor is at the basketball game for some reason. <laughs> I wrote, why is the mayor giving a speech at the basketball game? Vibes. Vibes. PR. My my big takeaway from these, these two episodes, I think, is that um, I, I do think that a lot happens in the second episode. I do really like the pilot, though. I think they, they set everything up really well. They, they really get you in and out. You learn a little bit about who all of these characters are. Um, and and you get kind of a good taste of, of what the show is going to entail. Yeah. Oh, no, the pilot is perfect. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> pilot's great. Yeah, I enjoyed this. I want more characters than just uh, Nerd Boy McGee to get, like, cool monologues, though. Yeah. I do love I Noah's just, monologues, but he gets a whole lot of them. He does. Yeah. He, it should be limited to like so one much. monologue per episode, because but it is like JD. Only one person's allowed to have a monologue from Scrubs. <laughs> That's true, but like, it's weird that it's not Emma. Yeah, it's like it. It it's weird that Emma is ostensibly the point of view character. But Noah is the one doing all the voiceover. Yeah, it's like Emma and Noah are fighting to be the protagonist. Yeah, that's actually a really good way of putting it. Yeah. I I, I like the end of episode two. I think the rest of episode two is is kind of like whatever. Like things happen. We learn we learn information. <laughs> um, I do before before we end this podcast. I do want to go around and everybody say who your uh, <laughs> your most and least valuable players of these two episodes are <laughs> of the characters. <laughs> I think that my MVP of these two episodes is Emma again because both times that she gets threatened in episode two, she grabs a melee weapon and gets ready to fight. <laughs> Um, my least valuable player is Jake because I hate him. <laughs> he does nothing in these episodes except he is an asshole to several characters and he's like, Will, you should lie to your girlfriend. Hell yeah. My MVP <laughs> is going to be Nina because, you know, one, Emma's is definitely going to be Noah and I can't take that from them. Um, <laughs> I appreciate and, you know, that. <laughs> The whole thing couldn't have started off without Nina and also her um, very iconic coming into her house and turning on When I Rule the World by Liz. Uh, and least valuable player, I am going to say also Jake. I'm sorry. It's just, it's Jake all the way down. Jacqueline, who are your MVP and LVP? Uh, I would give MVP uh, here to uh, Riley. I think that... You really have to know what you want if you're if you're going after someone like Noah, and I I, I, I appreciate that gumption. Uh, and my least valuable player is Nina. Uh, uh, you know, I, the first loser, last place. Sorry. <laughs> Hurtful. <laughs> um. <laughs> 
last killer came and stabbed me, I would simply not die. <laughs> this is very much my attitude. <laughs> I respect it. I respect it. <laughs> um, oh my god. I was also leaning towards Riley for most valuable player, honestly. I think she's great. Um, but as Nessa said, I gotta give it to Noah. <laughs> um, just because I do think... Even though he has too many of his long monologues, I think it does a lot to set up the tone of the show and set up the direction it's going and like really prepare the audience for what's happening and kind of suck you into the world that's being set up here. Um, and I don't think that like without the commitment to the camp of the monologues, that the show would work as well as it does. Um, and then my least valuable player is uh, Professor Fux's students. <laughs> okay, that, you're so right. Pretty good though. choice, actually. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm gonna be real. I kind of forgot that he existed for exactly. a bit. Exactly. <laughs> oh man. Just because I don't think we've actually said his name this entire time, um, Mr. Branson. Yeah, that's what his name is. They call him Mr. B. Also. Um, which I think I wrote his name as, like, one. He's on my character list um, as Creep Teacher. Yeah, he sucks. So that is going to do it for our first episode. Uh, once again, this has been Dead Teen House Party, a Scream recap podcast. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Corpse Survivors. Jacqueline, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Swamp Duchess and on Tumblr at Swampert. Nessa, where can people find you? You can find me at Lochnessa, L-O-C-H-N-E-A-S-S-A. Emma. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at EmmettSCA. That's E-M-A-T-S-C-A. Hell yeah. I don't have a sign-off for this podcast. So, that's Args, baby. Uh, we'll <laughs> that's Args, baby. We'll, we'll see you in the next episode. Uh, don't get murdered by a masked killer before before you listen to it. <laughs> if, a, if a guy tries to kill you, simply don't Just die. Don't die. <laughs> Just don't Just die. Just don't die. <laughs> rip to you, rip to Nina, but I'm different. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Jacqueline. What do you think the most significant YA book series like the 2000s to the 2010s is? Oh, definitely The Hunger Games. Uh, no, no, I mean like... Like uh, Twilight, Twilight, that's the best No, part. no, I'm talking about the Percy Jackson series by Riordan. Uh, I've not heard of those. If I wanted to listen to a funny podcast about those, what would you suggest? Well, I would recommend Unwise Girls, which you and I host. This is a podcast where we reread, analyze, and frequently joke about the books of the Rick Riordan-verse. And we see why people call these the best young adult magical series of the 2000s. 
And we always take time to declare which characters are canonically, factually, not cishet, because Rick Ryden is not the boss of us. Listen to Unwise Girls every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by the Moonshot Network.